Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Well, let's get into it then. We're in Galatians chapter 6. And once again, for those that are new on the live stream or if you haven't been here often on a Wednesday night, I think many of you have been here numerous times or you're a regular. But uh, we do good news because that's the moder- my little modern twist on giving a testimony. That's all it is. It's saying something that God has done and you're grateful for. That is what good news is all about. And the gospel is good news. Amen, somebody. It's good news. So preach the good news gladly. Did everybody hear that? Don't be sad and broke down and trying to convince him to be a believer. It's not going to work. Say, man, I'm depressed. You can be like me. Praise God. Let's lead you to Jesus. It, it doesn't work that way, right? So, man, be a light out there. Continue to be a light. Preach the good news gladly. You say, I don't preach. Then share the good news gladly. I'll, don't, don't be freaked out by the semantics or the nuances of the word. Just share your faith, okay? Let's go to Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. Dear brothers and sisters, <clears throat> if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly, uh, the Greek word for godly there is actually spiritual. Okay, So if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are spiritual or more spiritual than the person who has fallen into sin, but this is a pretty good translation in the New Living, you who are godly should gently and humbly Help that person back, what, onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Wow, let's go back. Let's go back to 6-1 there again. Thank you. So look at that for a minute. Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same, same temptation yourself let's go back once again so you can see that on the screen there so i think that's happened to many of us sometimes we forget where we came from i have great mercy for many folks in different situations because i've been there have i been in every situation no but you know how it is when you've been there oh man don't forget where you've been give people grace and mercy and hey we got As a pastor, I've learned this. I've got to be ruthless with sin in that, hey, this is wrong. We know it's wrong. We're not going to flirt with it. We're not going to wink at it. So I know that. We've got to be hardcore with sin, but we've got to be gentle and humble and kind with people. And immaturity, well, we've just got to coach that. Sometimes sometimes we're hard on someone who does a rookie mistake. Like, what are you doing? Well, I I made a lot of those rookie mistakes. I still make plenty of mistakes. Man, next to my dad, I was asking you about your dad's age. Man, my dad is 75. He's got 28 years on me. And, man, I called him. I've been calling him a lot for advice the last several days, just blowing his phone up and talking over things and listening to him. And it's amazing. When I call my dad, it's a teaching session. Because he starts going off, man. He says, yeah, and you know what else? And, man, he just starts. And I just listen. There's been times he didn't know it. I was taking notes. And I'm just having a f- conversation on the phone with him. Or I got my phone out, and I'm, I'm trying to, you know, I have, I have, hold on, Dad, let me put you on speaker. And I'm trying to, trying to listen. And his answers are so amazing because he's, he's experienced. He's been through it. He, he's been to war. He was married 40-something years. He's pastored 50-plus. Wow, there's a lot there. And so I'm not going to ignore what he says, right? 
There's things, and hey, I will be the first to say I don't agree with everything he thinks or says, but there are some things I just, I just, really, okay, all right, let's see. And I've, I've noticed that lately. I say, man, Dad has coached me on so many things. I have to coach people. I've got to coach people. I've got to coach immaturities and be hardcore with sin, but in a loving way, always. Whatever we do, we do it in love, right? The main thing is, is faith working by love. Remember that. You walk in faith, but man, what good is our faith if we're not walking in love, okay? So if someone is overcome by something, you say, man, they were looking at junk, they were into something, they fell back into alcohol and they got drunk or, you know, whatever. They said something, did something, had an attitude. Hey, gently and humbly help that person. Say, man, they struggle with gossip and talking about people. Say, well, what they said was true. But telling, here's something about gossip. This is interesting. This is my take on gossip based on experience. Is There's times that gossip turns into lies because we just need everybody to be on our side. But... Gossip is also involving people that are not part of the problem or the solution. Can you imagine I'm running up over here? Nika, you know, you know I got love for you. So I'm going to just use you as an example. Man, you know, Beatrice has been having a bad attitude with me. I don't know what's going on. With, and this is not true. Let's not start gossip with this. This is the furthest from the truth. Beatrice is very kind and respectful. She's my sis. We work well together. But yeah, Beatrice has been... Man, she's slipped up and said some crazy stuff to me. I don't know what's, and I'm talking to you, and you're going, okay, but what, what, do, what do you want me to do, right? If someone is overcome by something, you start off by going to them. This is very scriptural now. You go to them directly, and you talk to them. And some things are merely, as the British would say, merely a trifle, Right? It's just a small thing. It's petty. Let's not make it bigger than it is. My dad is brilliant at that, at minimizing stuff. This is not a big deal. And I'm going, it's a big deal. And he's going, it's not a big deal. Okay. He's always been that way. It's not a big deal. Let's minimize it. Okay. But if you've got an issue with someone, start off by going directly to them. Does somebody hear me tonight? Go directly to them. Hear their heart. Hear where they're coming from. All right? I've had to do that. Say, wait, I didn't, I didn't get this. What is that? Go directly to them. Now, if it's getting to be a bigger deal, then you take a witness with you. Now they can be part of the solution, hopefully. Jesus talked about this, right? They don't listen to you. Maybe they'll listen to two of you. If not, then, you, then we keep going. Then maybe you involve the pastor. Please don't involve me with anything like that this week. I'm taking time off from issues. I'm kidding. I'm just saying, it'll be progressive, and if it's a problem, it's blowing up, you start off with you, you start off with a, a witness who, who can walk in love and be a good witness, and then, then you move on to one of us on the pastoral staff, or one of the leaders, one of the department heads, okay? But, once again, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly or spiritual should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path, and be careful, let's focus on this for a moment, be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. I've gotten irritated with people over the years and found that I was being tempted to, to get into this, something similar. Stop being angry with people, you know, right? 
stop losing your cool. You know, I, just, just an example. Be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Help to restore them. Be kind and gentle and humble, man. Remember, the golden rule covers everything. Do unto others, Jesus said, as you would have them do unto you. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you, not as they do unto you. Do you hear me? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. All right? Let's keep going. Y'all are great listeners. Share each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. I remember years ago, we were emptying out the storage room of some wooden stuff. And I don't know if it was a desk that was folding in on itself. I can picture it in my mind. I think it was a handmade desk. I think it was one of the cubicles at, the, at our previous academy. And I was with a guy outside, and we were, we were sharing a physical burden, right? And I remember we came out to the trash can. And at that time, the dumpster wasn't over here. It was over there. We walked through the alley. And I was adjusting, I think, to protect my back or something. And I'll never forget, he looked at me and goes, he kind of froze. He was a pretty strong guy. He goes, wait, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> I, I, I think I was, I was almost going to cause him to drop it. So in sharing each other's burdens, communicate, walk in love with each other, walk in understanding with each other. And I love this. And it says, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. Let's say that again. Share each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. You know, one way I love to share people's burdens is Tell them I'm praying for them and actually pray for them or pray for them on the spot when they've lost somebody they love. Everybody in here has lost somebody they love. But man, I remember thinking I was understanding about that until I really I lost my mom. And wow, it just, it just brings tears to my eyes to see people hurt about someone they really loved and they've lost them. Say, well, they're in heaven. I know, but they're not here with me now. Because we get all that, right? And we say that to comfort each other sometimes. And sometimes those words help, and sometimes they don't. They're in a better place. Praise God. Yes, they are. But man, I want them here. I miss them. Share each other's burdens, whatever it is. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. You can share someone's burdens by actually helping them hands-on, empathizing with them. One of the best ways you can share someone's burdens is pray for them and pray with them. Okay? Look at this. If you think... You are too important to help someone. This is a really good translation, by the way. If you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. Gosh, could he be any more direct? <laughs> if you think you're too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You are not that important. Is everyone called to help? Nothing is beneath me. Okay? Can I ask a personal question? How many people were on our mission trip to um, Pimentel, Dominican? You were, there's a, there's a few of you this year. Can I ask y'all a weird question? Did y'all accidentally put toilet paper in the toilet and have to fish it out with your hand? Anybody? I've done it before. <laughs> Dad, you too? <laughs> Once or twice. <laughs> That's gross. I like gross stuff sometimes. I remember my, this is off the subject, but I remember my mom would go, what, hey, so what did you have for lunch? And I loved to say this, and she hated it. I was in my 20s. I think I told her this into my 30s. She'd say, what did you have for lunch? I'd say, a booger sandwich. <laughs> and she'd go, babe, if you say that again, I was like, what? She hated it. 
it grossed her out so bad. And after I'd say it, I was like, that's pretty gross. It's pretty crude. It's immature. It's uncouth. But I learned all the synonyms about it, so I'm, I'm well educated for it now. If you think you're too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You are not that important. I brought up the toilet paper example to say, man, we're not, we're not above anything. I pick up trash here. There's stuff I've had to do here. You say, you're the pastor. Years ago, there was a guy on pastoral staff. Years ago, this has been, gosh, he was here in the 90s. And he told someone, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I'm a pastor now because I don't have to get my hands dirty at all. My dad, heard, my dad heard about that. I don't think dad ever confronted him, but the look on dad's face, he goes, what? What do you mean he doesn't have to get his hands dirty anymore? My dad was always in the big middle of all of it. He still is in so many ways, even at his age. But man, he was here. He's not a builder, but he was helping build somehow or he was supervising or something. He was here talking to guys, checking on the work. What, what do they call it? Managing by walking around? M, managing by walking around. MBWO. Man, he's checking on stuff, and that's good. You got to have boots on the ground, got to have people there, and the pastor's there. And it was crazy because he was here, and uh, this, this is a great story about not being <laughs> above anything. He was here with a construction crew, he was talking to guys, and he was. Mark, right where you are, and he's just a little further over. So he was almost at maximum velocity of, of when the roof fell, it collapsed in a wind, I, I guess a whirlwind or something. Snapped it. Supposedly it got one of the knots in the wood and snapped, and then they collapsed like dominoes, and it fell, and Dad was trapped underneath. Punctured a lung. A lot of people don't know this story. Some do. I remember I was a junior in high school, and they came to chemistry class and said, you need to go to the office, something happened. I went, oh, what is this? So anyway, dad was trapped under there. Here's the amazing hand of God. Dad was not, he was not above any, anything, right? Here he was with the guys and mixing it up. The, I think this is correct. He said the day before, uh, the insurance lady had come by and said, Pastor, why don't you sign here and we're going to insure you? And he said, what do you mean? She goes, yeah, workman's comp. It, Dad said, it's going to cost me extra. She said, no, just sign here, and we'll get you insured in case something happened. He's like, okay, nothing's going to happen, right? The next day, he was in an accident that could have killed him. He went to the hospital. They, he had a hard time taking a breath. His, there was a puncture in his lung. Folks prayed for him, man. There were ministers from all over town, great people from the church here praying for him. He's in there with tightness in his lungs, and a guy walked up to him and said, I told you that building was of the devil. Can you imagine? Because you're building it so people can get saved, and that's of the devil. We'll be giving logic classes in Surge soon enough, right? That, what, what on earth? But anyway, not long after the guy had said that, they, they took another x-ray. Dad started to breathe better, and he was healed. No problem. But here he was mixing it up with people, and I love that. Dad was never above anything. Sure, he'd tell us, hey, would you pick up that trash? Why? Why did he have the authority to do that? Because he picked up that trash. He did. I don't think he's ever reached in the, like you missionaries. But anyway, that's another level, man. That is powerful. Just hand sanitized. What does, my, what does Camila call it? Hanitizer. Why waste words? Why mince words? Just put them together. You have any Hanitizer. 
If you think you're too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You are not that important. Always help people when you can. Scripture says if it is in your power to help someone and you don't, man, don't you know the Lord notices that? And he weighs the hearts. Go and come again another day. I can't help you. Man, you got $5 to help them with gas. Help them. Help them. All right? It's not like the guy, though, that came to my house. We called him Fast Eddie. I met him at the city jail. Go figure. <laughs> Showed up at my house, and I was thinking, how do you know where I live? He had seen me. He said, I need money for gas, Pastor. I said, you do? How much you need? 20 bucks. Okay. So what, what, what do we do? He said, man, if you give me the $20, then I can, you know, I don't usually pay up front. But I did. Paid up front. He said, I'm going to edge your he said, actually, though, I'm going to put some of the gas money in my weed eater. But later on, I found that the weed eater never appeared, and he was edging my yard with a shovel. You know how hard it is to do that? Then he did a third of it and came back the next day and goes, you want me to fix something else in the backyard? I said, you didn't finish the job up there, and he got mad. But he went out and bought beer and stuff with the money because I found the cans in the trash, <laughs> and they weren't mine. Help people, but be wise, okay? Help people. And I know, man, there's always a risk. You say, man, they're going to go smoke it or drink it. You be led. The, Jesus said the poor you will always have with you, but you be led and you help people when you can, really. And, and if you, I've said this before. He said, man, I'm not going to help them. Well, if they're really hungry, then go to McDonald's. With them. And some are like, I don't want that. I just want the money. Well, I know what you want the money for, sir. I thought you said you were hungry. Yeah, but uh, let me buy it. What? I'll take you down there and let, we'll buy you some food. Anyway. Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done. Hmm. And you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. Let's read that verse again. Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. Hmm. Have you noticed a lot of people are so worried about what you're doing? My brother said, hey, he told me today, he said, I saw a meme that said, what was it? Don't worry about what I'm doing. It will cost you zero dollars to worry about yourself. For we are each responsible for our own conduct. Don't you like that? Personal responsibility, I'm all about that. It's the government. It's my mom. You're 38. You've been out the house forever. It's time to take responsibility. If you're 38 and that was prophetic, God bless you. I don't know. For we are each responsible for our own conduct, right? I mean, eventually you got to answer for what you did. Can you imagine me standing before God and going, man, Lord, but my parents, man, they left me in a place where I just, I don't know, man. They were hard about heaven and hell and, and uh-uh, it's between me and God. Those who are taught the word of God should provide for their teachers, Wow, sharing all good things with them. I know y'all do that. Y'all fed us for three weeks even. That was incredible. Thank you. Y'all are so good to us. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. Ooh. I love this in the King James. It says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. What you sow... Mm -hmm. is what you reap. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death. Wow. 
What a translation from that sinful nature. Let's, let's hang out there for a minute. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. We sow to corruption. Said, man, I, I just, I'm going to just satiate myself. It's what I want. It's, you know, from the 70s, I guess that saying originated in the 60s or 70s. Say, man, <laughs> if it feels good, do it. Oh, no. Scripture says sin is pleasurable for a season. But it also says all kinds of stuff, like be sure your sin will find you out. The wages of sin is death. No, thank you. No, thank you. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. Hmm. You live to please God, you're going you're to have a harvest of eternal life. That's powerful, isn't it? So let's not get tired of doing what is good. All right? Don't, don't get tired. One translation, King James once again says, be not weary in well-doing. That's, that's a good translation. Let's not get tired of doing what is good. And it happens sometimes, right? You say, man, I've been doing everything that I could to do right. And they, these, these people, man, and Lord, you see them. And don't get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. King James says, in due season, you will reap if you faint not. We faint. We were on the plane coming back. <laughs> this is really poor advice now that I think about it. But anyway, I'm going to go ahead and tell it myself. We're on the plane coming back from Jen's surgery. <laughs> and uh, she said, baby, I feel faint. They'd given her a blood thinner, an injectable blood thinner, and she was taking ibuprofen, which I think it's an NSAID, so that thins your blood a little. She was feeling sick. She said, I don't have any pain, but I feel awful. I feel like I'm going to faint. And I was looking for the positive, you know? I'm an optimist, and I like to give her positive stuff when she's going through stuff. Sometimes it works out, sometimes, sometimes it works out. But I looked at her, and she was, I, I said, recline in your seat, baby, a little bit, just as much as you can. She kind of did it. She's just feeling desperate, feeling awful. She goes, I feel awful. I feel like I'm going to faint. And I said, baby, if you faint, you're already laying down. Remember, Dad, is he a genius or a moron? <laughs> Got to be careful which day you, you come in contact with me. We just don't know. I just, wow, okay. She blew me off and ignored me. I'm glad she was feeling so awful. Poor baby. In hindsight, I was like, that's dumb, but it's all I could think of, man. I said, man, at least you're not going to fall down. I got you. And she didn't want to faint. She said, man, I've heard of people fainting or having a medical issue on the plane, and they'll go land it the closest place they can and then take you to the ER, right, in an ambulance. So she's like, I got to get home. She was thinking about all this, but we discussed it later. <laughs> and praise God, she was gracious with me. So um, I don't know how I got into all that. I don't. I'm sorry. There's a lot that goes on up here. I was born in the 1900s, a guy said. <laughs> so isn't that cool? I wish I'd have thought of that. I was born in the 1900s, so it's true. 24 years before the turn of the century, man, I am a co an old codger. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. <laughs> at just the right time, someone say at just the right time. 
I love that. We, we've always said this. You've heard people say that and say, man, God is an on-time God. He is. I've seen stuff come through right on time over and over and over again. I'm not going to get into examples. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't faint and don't give up. Okay? Let's keep going. Don't faint. But, or if you have to faint, make sure you're in a reclined position. Golly, where did I get this stuff? Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, I'm going to end with this verse, Galatians 6.10 tonight. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone. Y'all with me? Especially to those in the family of faith. King James says the house of faith. Whenever you have the opportunity, do good for people and to, to people. Especially to those in the family of faith. It's worth it to be Christ-like. You will not regret being Christ-like, I promise. Go ahead and bow your heads. Close your eyes. Man, I love this book of the Bible, Galatians 6. Praying about what book is next. And so we shall see. Father, we honor you tonight. We praise your name. Thank you, Lord. Is there anyone at the sound of my voice on the live stream or in person that says, you know what, Pastor Matt, I've never accepted Jesus. I've never made him the Lord of my life. I've never confessed him as my Savior. If that is you, can I pray with you right now so that you get your heart right with God? If that's you, raise your hand, please, and I want to pray with you. Just to make sure, we got to make sure. I know this is more of a predominantly believer's service. But pray this prayer with me for those tuning in on the live stream, okay, on YouTube and Facebook. Say, Heavenly Father, I can't save myself. Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. Save me from my sin. Say, I believe that Jesus died and rose again for me. And I confess Jesus as my Lord right now. I believe. Change me, Lord. Come into my life. Transform me. Thank you for saving me from hell and from myself. In the name of Jesus. Let me just pray a blessing over you, those watching tonight and those in person. Father, I thank you because your hand of blessing, prosperity, health, wisdom is over your people. May the Lord bless you and protect you, smile upon you and be gracious to you, give you of his favor and of his perfect peace. 